Will Sanchez, Scott Ligo. We are missing our compadre, Dory Bennett. She's off frolicking in San Diego. <laughs> She's going to kill me. Scott, uh, first and foremost, man, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Another fun uh, college football weekend. So, uh, you know, always good. I think that we're about to win a big Ryder Cup for the U.S., you know, golf. So that's kind of a fun day. And then I think later this afternoon, they, the Kraken get their first game, I believe, on TV. So big day for Seattle sports. It is. It is. And um, more importantly, it's the perfect opportunity to buzz Dory's chops since she's not here. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take full advantage of that. Uh, Dory, we love you. Uh, we hope you're having a great time down there in San Diego. Listen, uh, before we get into it, I just want to thank everybody that's, you know, watching, listening, you know, check us out on Odyssey and iHeartRadio and Apple Podca- uh, Podcasts and Spotify and Google Play. We're on a lot of different platforms, uh, whichever one you choose to listen to us or watch us. Uh, we appreciate it. Scott, week four in the books of the college football season, and uh, it has been topsy-turvy to say the least. Um, let's start off with what we presumed or I presumed was going to be the, the the matchup that I wanted to see the most coming into this week, um, which was um, at the time ranked number 12. Notre Dame was ranked number 12 versus number 18, Wisconsin at the time. Um, first and foremost, man, you know, what do you think about that matchup uh, on paper? Let's start there. Go ahead. What, what did you think coming into this game? What did you think about that matchup? Well, I think it's, it's, it's the atypical old school football game. I mean, both teams do what, you know, they, they both want to run the ball. They want to establish that. They both want to do those, play good defense. Um, you know, both led by young d- defensive coordinators. Um, it looked like, you know, there's a storyline behind the game because obviously Jack Cohn was the quarterback that was at, you know, Wisconsin now is at Notre Dame. Uh, you know, does he know the, you know, Wisconsin kids well enough to, you know, take advantage of their weaknesses. But, I mean, there was a lot of great storylines and to be quite frank and honest with you, I, I was a little surprised by how the thumping that uh, Notre Dame put, to, put it to him too. So it was uh, an impressive showing and uh, you know, it's always fun with college game day and what a great setting being at soldier field. And, uh, you know, nice to see a lot of a big crowd from both, both, uh, you know, fan bases. So a, a typical game that you would think that would be, be fun to just watch, you know, run the, run the ball, but uh, it was a good game. It was part of their shamrock series for Notre Dame. They're now 10 and O in those games. So maybe every week they should make it a shamrock series. Um, but it was, was really interesting. It was a couple of different things, right? One, they were playing at soldier field. Right. They, they weren't in Notre Dame or South Bend, Indiana. You know, they weren't in Wisconsin. They were on th- this so-called neutral field with both fan bases. The stadium was completely sold out. It was an incredible sight uh, to see there. And it was the first time that these two teams had played since 1964. So the last time, which is really unfathomable to think that these two teams haven't played since 1964. It was a, and by the way, it was a 31 to seven Notre Dame win at the time, you know, to be so close in proximity and to have such great programs. Are are you surprised that it's taken this long to get these two teams back on the schedule? Absolutely. I think that, you know, We've, we've talked about that and scheduling, you know, the, you know, the SEC sisters of the poor that they get to go play a couple times during the season, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, last year with the COVID, everybody got to play a full season against each other. I think that's always the way it should be. 
And to your point, I mean, having two teams so close to each other, and that's crazy to think that many years went between those two teams and not seeing each other. Even even in a bowl game, you know, you would think that they would somehow, you know, match those teams together, yep. especially, again, traditionally what they're both about. I mean, they both want to establish – they have great offensive lines, both send guys to the NFL all the time. Um, you know, so you would think that that would be just a, a marquee game to have. And, uh, you know, that's the great thing about this Shamrock series that they're trying to do, you know, kind of put it all around – literally trying to do it all around the world. Even last year I had to cancel a game in Ireland. Yep. So, yeah. Um, it's a, it's a cool, cool series that they're putting together. And like you said, maybe they should just have the Shamrock series every week for Notre Dame and then you just be 10 and 0. Yeah. Or play a soldier field because Notre Dame is now 11, 0 and two games played at soldier field. So maybe, maybe they find a way to combine both and they, they'll go on to feed it. Listen, they, the score is not indicative of what the game was, right? The game was really, really close. Wisconsin came out, and by far, their defense is no joke. Absolutely no joke. You, they, Notre Dame couldn't do anything on the ground. And I love that they changed their philosophy and said, hey, we're going to have to throw the ball. And they had success throwing the ball, but it came at a price. Jack Cohen yep. gets hurt in that game, sacked five times. And the last time he got sacked, that's when he got injured. Got rolled over and then defender hits him up top, you know, get that weird, which we've seen plenty of times when players get rolled over with somebody underneath them, somebody hitting them from the top. But my man was beat up pretty, pretty badly. And I know for all those golden flashes uh, from Sayville that are out there rooting for the kid out in Long Island, they wanted to see this matchup because it was the matchup that was circled on on the schedule. We're saying this is unbelievable. We haven't played since 1964. I go in the transfer portal, not knowing I'm going to Notre Dame. In fact, he was supposed to go to Rutgers, but that's a whole other conversation. I got that story from a friend of a friend that knows what's going on there. He was committed to pretty much going to Rutgers with Greg Schiano. They wanted him. And before Brian Kelly, after the bowl game, came calling, gave him a call, picked up the phone and said, hey, we want you to come out and compete. We're not giving you the job, but you can come compete. Family, ties, Notre Dame is one of their favorite schools, favorite teams to root for in college football. Dad's a big Notre Dame fan. You could just imagine the rest of the history. So anyway, everything leads up to this game and his performance, but he literally got really, really beat up. And Wisconsin's defense was just no joke. I think Notre Dame had three rushing yards the entire game which is incredible when you think about the running backs that they have, you know, Williams and uh, even the backup running back that had the kickoff return for the 96 yard kickoff return in in the fourth quarter. So um, it it was quite impressive to see the the changes that they made um, against that defense. And I commend the coaching staff and as a former coach, man, you know, sometimes you get coaches that bang their head against, we're going to, we're going to run the ball. This is what we do. And then you get other coaches saying, yeah, that's not working. We're going to make some adjustments. As a coach, what, what do you think about making those adjustments and, and coming in you know, prepared as, as they were? Well, I think it's, it's paramount to any season. I mean, you, you, I listened to a podcast this week, and it's really is the truth. The first quarter is kind of the figuring out what they're going to do, how they're going to attack you, what you're going to do. The end second quarter, you have to make the adjustments and things like that. Totally agree with that assessment. And I think that that's what, you know, that's good coaching. Because you are absolutely right. There are coaches, and we know them. There's we plenty of them. them. 
that you know will not that they're just not going to change them. They think they're going to be able to run that ball, and uh, you know, or they want to, or they you know, or vice versa. They just want to yeah. throw the rock down, you know, and then they figure out, you know, maybe if they run a little bit, it helps out their passing game. So, uh, you know, changing in the, in the philosophy, doing the things that you need to do, adjusting as you have to. Uh, those are important things. And, uh, you know, can your kids do it, you know, is, is the other thing, too. I think it makes you much more uh, multidimensional as you're going into the games. And, you know, hitting on to your point, like you said, Ian, as you know, as it means a lot to me, you know, special teams is a big thing, you know, and, uh, you know, that's a big difference in that game. You know, the big, big return. And it takes the other team and deflates them a little bit like, wow, we just got back into this thing. And then, bam, it's, a, you know, a 96-yard t- kickoff return and you're, you're scratching your head again, like, dang it, we're back in the, we're back to square one. So you're absolutely right. It was uh, the change, but, but it's the staff, the adjustments they make. Coach Alexander, the wide receiver coach, good guy, uh, knows the stuff. But, uh, you know, hey, they just, you know, let's let's be perfectly honest. I mean, Notre Dame doesn't exactly not have guys. They've got to, you know, they've got to open up that, that little piece too. I mean, Claypool, the kids that's at, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, obviously they have some, some kids that, you know, go to Notre Dame. So, Hopefully, uh, you know, we'll see what happens to them. You know, they've got, you know, a pretty good juggernaut coming down. Notre Dame does too. So, you know, a couple good, couple good weeks. But uh, defensively, but, you know, both coaches did a great job. Jim Jim Leonard, the young the defense coordinator from Wisconsin, is a good one too. So, impressive. Yeah, it, it was. And it's amazing to think that the final score, right, the, the final score was 41-13. to It was 10-10 at the end of the third quarter, Wisconsin gets the ball. They go down, they kick a field goal. They're up 13, 10. And you're like, okay, this is okay. It's Wisconsin time. By the way, they were six and a half point favorites coming into this game as the number 18, taking on number 12, which just shows you that they don't believe in Notre Dame right now at this point and what they can do. Right. But right after the field goal, like you said, special teams, you get the kickoff return. Right. Then we get a touchdown pass from Drew Pine that came into the game for the injured Cohen. And I thought he played really well. And I thought the play calling was really well because it was simple stuff. They didn't have him do hard throws. That was a slant route in bing, bang, boom. Right. Reese did a great job play call and said, okay, we got this kid in. He's new. (laughs) You know, he hasn't played. We're going to, we're going to run the offense the way we want to run it but we're going to try to do some other things. And then obviously, you know, the, everything could just explode at that point. They get a field goal. Uh, the defense runs back two interceptions for touchdowns. I wrote down here, uh, Graham Mertz, the offensive uh, of the quarterback, 18 of 41. And this is why I'm bringing it up. 41, 240 touchdown and four interceptions. I believe he has about six interceptions and one touchdown this season. So that's there. He is not performing at the, the what they thought they were going to get. Wisconsin quarterback, Scott, Wisconsin quarterback 41 times. Obviously this is not what they wanted to do with their game plan. Yeah. It's uh well, again, you have to make adjustments. You have to do the thing. And you, you know, nowadays you have to match the scoreboard. I mean, it's just yeah. the way it works. You know, when they're scoring touchdowns, you got to match it. And all of a sudden, you're going to start, you know, chucking the ball around. Yeah, he's, you know, his last year, his first game of the year was, looked so impressive and uh, played well. I think he did for four touchdown passes in his first game. And then 
since then, he's just kind of gone backwards a little bit. And, you know, it, to your point, I mean, that's not what Wisconsin wants to do. They want to they want to run the pound, pound it and then play action pass off of that thing. So if you legitimately got to just line up five wide and just sling it, it's a different deal. And, um, you know, the, the, the other team, is, as, I, as, as I was taught one time by the great Randy Hart, the other team is coached too. So, you know. <laughs> You, they're going to, you know, Notre Dame's going to have a few good DBs over there. I mean, they're just, I mean, you're just playing into what they know. And then what they, they know they can pin their ears back and they come to get you. They can, you know, take advantage of you and force you to into some throws that you don't want to do. So it was, uh, you know, again, the, the adjustment, like you said, tight game into the third quarter and then things opened up and then you just got to start hucking it. You, you, you just got to make as many fast plays as you possibly can to, you know, to get back into this ball game. So an impressive win for Notre Dame. Impressive win. It was, especially for the fourth quarter and the way they kind of closed the show, right? We, we like we like to use that terminology. You know, all right, man, let's, let's close the show, right? Let, let's kind of do what we want to do. Uh, Wisconsin's taking on Michigan next week. Um, the ratings have, while we're doing the show right now, the new rankings haven't come out. They should be coming out in about a half hour. You know, for, for our purposes, it doesn't really matter. Michigan had a hard time against Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Rutgers stopped their run attack. If Rutgers is going to stop your run attack, what is Wisconsin's defense going to do to Michigan's uh, running attack? I expect a a very, very physical game when Michigan goes to Wisconsin next week. Uh, Before we continue with some of the other things, you know, what are just your your thoughts on that Michigan-Wisconsin game that obviously has Big Ten implications? Well, I, I... You know, obviously, I'm a Husky fan, so watching the Washington play Michigan a couple weeks ago, I, you know, Michigan has not impressed me, to be honest with you. I, I'm not been like, you know, I'm not completely over the hill yet with uh, Harbaugh and believing that they're that that, that, that good of a team. When was Next the last week, time they did impress you? Because it's been a while. We keep saying Michigan oh, been, because we know the name, but it's been a long yeah. time. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. So I think. You know, to your point, it's next week will be will be the week that we're going to find out really who they are. And like you said, Chiano's a you know good, well coached guy. He comes from a great pedigree. He knows Belichick. He knows the system. He knows how to do those things. And he's going to win fundamentally. And so, you know, I, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And you know, be honest, let's, let's let's be honest. I mean, Wisconsin's going to have their wounds licking, and you know, they got to yeah. figure this thing out quickly. And they're going to they'll, they'll make some you know adjustments. And it's not again. To your point, I mean, if you do the, <clears throat> you really look at the game, they were in it for three quarters. Things just kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter. So they were there. So they're, I don't, you know, I think they're going to give Michigan everything they want. And I think that they'll probably go back and they'll probably make it to your point about what you did said about Tommy Reese at Notre Dame. I think that that's what Wisconsin needs to do. Make it really easy for Graham Mertz just to make simple throws, simple, easy things for him to do. And don't get into that 41 pass attempts and, and think you're going to get into some, you know, shooting shootout because you're just, that's not who you are. That's just not who you are. And, and you're not built that way, you know? And I think that's a little bit of Michigan's issue. You know, Josh Gaddis wanted to bring in this fast speed offense and they kind of gone back to a huddle offense and two tight ends and, you know, just lining up and trying to be big boy and big boy. So it'll be interesting. It's going to be another, you know, big 10 bruiser game next week. So it, uh, you know, this is the fun part of the season, as we like to say, because this is find out who really who you are. That's for sure. Well, I hope there's a lot of ice available in the trainer's room, because I think that's going to be one of those type of games where they're, you know, they're, they're going to 
there's going to be some physical play and they're coming off of, obviously they're coming off a physical game against Notre Dame. And like I said, Rutgers shut them out the second half. They had an opportunity to win in the fourth quarter. They got the ball back, you know, with an opportunity to win. And hopefully, you know, which what Shiano's doing in a short time there, if you, if you recruit the right players, especially on offense, maybe just get a little bit, I, I, I hate you know, minimizing the play of these college kids, but you know, facts are facts. You know, it, you if you get a little bit better quarterback play, get a lot higher level talent at those at those positions, you're going to win those type of games because they were right there and they had an opportunity. I was going to save this comment for the end of the show where we normally do. You know, what game are you looking forward to next week? But because we are in this, you know, talking about this game, which the easy segue to say it's Notre Dame and Cincinnati. I mean, that game, that's that that could be fireworks. And, and the fact that the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman, um, is is I mean, he's already made so many different changes already for Notre Dame's defense. He was a defensive coordinator for Cincinnati and left there to take the job in Notre Dame. I mean, we got some fun storylines. I mean, we, we've got lots of storylines, uh, you know, leading up to this game, just like we have storylines with Cohen coming to the Wisconsin game. Now we have storylines with the D coordinator coming back against this uber talented quarterback and this high powered offense. He knows them well. He knows what they do well. I think the game is going to be really exciting. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be uh, really, I mean, fascinating behind the scenes. Like you said, what Freeman knows about the, the Cincinnati kids. Uh, you also have to add in that, you know, Coach Pickle is, you know, probably for all intents purposes, you know, uh, you know, putting his application out there for some big time jobs that are probably going to open up this year. So, you know, his he's got a, he's got something on the line in here in this whole mm. deal, too. And, uh, you know, so there's a lot of different little things. And then does Pickle know enough about Freeman that he can, you know, you know, get to his weaknesses and things like that. Everybody knows everybody's weaknesses, what their strengths are. Um, knowing those things and, you know, vice versa. I think the Cincinnati kids are going to, you know, want to play up. I mean, this is a huge game for them. I mean, come on, Notre Dame. And then they get a chance to go after their defensive, their former defensive coordinator. Yeah. There's a, there's, it's going to be a barn burner of a game. And, uh, you know, again, as we said earlier, I mean, this is the fun part of the season when things really start, the plot start to thicken and, you know, will Notre Dame be that outside independent into the, you know, college playoff this year? We don't know. I mean, you know, they've gotten blown out the last couple of playoffs, but my point is that they're kind of building the story in, in like you're saying about Vegas or the odds makers, you know, not really feeling, feeling Notre Dame right yet. You know, have they proved themselves yet who they are and, uh, you know, uh, you know, Brian Kelly does a nice job of being steady and, uh, you know, coach Pickle's going to have, you know, want to want to prove that he can take his, Cincinnati crew on the road and bring them in, you know, and do the job. So it'll be interesting. Very good. Very good. Interesting game. And it'll be interesting for so many different reasons, right? I mean, we, we saw what uh, Coach Freeman did this week against Wisconsin. He played a, a pretty much a 4-4 saying we were going to stop the run and we we're going to leave our corners one-on-one. I'm not sure if that's something that you could do with Cincinnati and the way they attack. So it'd be really fascinating to see how they come along. And also there is no clear cut Heisman player right now. And I know we have so much left in the season, but you know, let's say, you know, Riddler goes out and four or five touchdowns and, 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 and beats Notre Dame, something like that, you know, that's going to elevate uh, 
his status. He was in the conversation last year. Obviously, there's a couple other players out there that are in the conversation. Um, so for a lot of different reasons, it's um, is really fascinating. By the way, whether it matters or not, Brian Kelly passes Newt Rockney for the all-time winning list. Um, as he said, it doesn't matter because all the coaches I've passed in Notre Dame's history, they all have championships. Rockney, Holt, yep. I got none. So I, I love the fact that he kind of kept that in perspective, you know, and said, yep. yeah, uh, yeah, that's great. I, I'll take the wins. It shows that our program has been stable and, you know, we, we win con- consistently, which is something that you, you made a mention of, but I haven't gotten that golden ticket. You know, he hasn't seen Willy Wonka. So we'll see how that goes. Listen, Dory's not here. So let's talk about her dogs because I know that she would be excited about, um, you know, beating Cal. What were your thoughts on the game? And um, yeah, we'll get into a little bit of the Pac-12. What what were your first thoughts on on the game? Um, You know, obviously, Please with the, the the start, get it go, get you know, get ahead quickly, blah blah blah, and then really kind of a thud, <laughs> second half, and you, know, you let them back in, and then you let them score, and they oh, I mean, the vaunted defense that Coach Lake you know wants to run and all this stuff, and they just they it would look like as the, as you like to say, looking a little bit of like butter on some hot toast. Mm. They were slicing, icing, and it was not pretty, man, it, and uh, it's really frustrating, you know. Uh, they probably are lucky that uh, uh, Gordon played so well and got a couple picks for them. And, or, you know, this thing may have gone the other way, you know. So I think that they um, – and I felt like their quarterback was pretty dynamic. He played pretty well. Garbers had a good game. And, and so, um, you know, some concerns, obviously. Uh, they haven't done anything special in the special teams yet. I mean, they need to do something there, uh, make something happen. It helps them, uh, you know, that as they're going through their gauntlet, you know, the, the rest of the season and what they've got, you know, they, luckily they got Oregon State next week. But I mean, again, it's it's you, you can't you can't take a chance to, to do those things when you're ahead like that. You've got to put the thump on it, nail it down and, and, and uh, have a good win. But at the end of the day, the, you know, three weeks ago, if you would have told me after the Montana game that we'd be talking about a cow win and, uh, you know, we're frustrated. I mean, come on, man. So they're one and all in the Pac-12. That's the most important thing, uh, you know. So it's it's you know long it's more much more games to play, but uh, you know good to get the W. It wasn't pretty, that's for sure. That's for sure. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean it's. I just think that this is the season. It, it's gonna be ugly, right? I I just think that's just what it is. You know, it's you know we we haven't been enamored with the play calling on offense since day one. Uh, some things as fans and we're not in the locker room. So, you know, take what I say with a grain of salt, because anyone that's going to feel a certain way, you know, is, could, you know, argue both sides, but just not happy with the play calling, just not happy, happy with maybe some of the use of their personnel. I'm concerned that if their play doesn't elevate, I'm concerned for 2022, right? That's the way I look at it. 2021. Listen, man, even if they win the, the the North, even if they do this, they, they're only going but so far, right? Yeah. They're only going but so far. You want to have some success. You want to have things in place. You want to have some stability. You want to go in the right direction. You want recruits to feel good about the program saying, hey, I love what Jimmy Lake is doing down there. They've got some work to do, but I think if we get some talent in and kind of and, and run coaches, uh, you know, 
uh, play calling and, and game plan. And we do those things. I think we can win some, some games. It's a great place to, it's a great university. Um, you know, it's one of the most dynamic settings in all of college football. Um, it, it's a great place to live. There's a lot of great things about it, but if you're a football player, if you're a high level football player, you might not want to come here because you're concerned about those things. So that's my concern. My concern is not 2021 is it's going forward. And just how you, you can lose some games, you can lose some recruits because you know, this is the recruits come now, Scott, what is the timeline? Right. And, and this will be a perfect segue into some other things that you do. You know, you're the president of student athletes advocacy and, you know, what is the timeline for these recruits when they're coming in, you know, when you're bringing them in, when you're a former coach at University of Washington, you say, OK, I've got bing, bang, boom, Johnny, Jim, you know, all lined up. What's that timeline usually look like? Well, it, it, traditionally, the old school days was, you know, junior year, your high school, then your senior and then you kind of work. But unfortunately, well, today in the world that we live in, <laughs> this thing called social media and stuff. Uh, you, you, you know, you can have access, you can look on YouTube, you find kids a lot, lot earlier. So it's really starts in your ninth grade in your first year. Um, you know, that's crazy when you're there. It, it's, it is, it's nuts. And, and in fact, some schools are even evaluating eighth graders just because they can do these things now because there is YouTube and there's huddle and there's all these things that people mm. can see. So having said that, you know, you know, what I want, you know, to talk this week on for student athlete. Uh, tidbits is, you know, really understanding the uh, your core GPA versus your cumulative. And parents, this is a big one for you guys. Because I, I, I have this conversation quite often with parents. Oh, my son has, or my daughter has a 4.0. Okay, that is true. That, you know, right? But all of a sudden, um, or, you know, they have a 3.2. And I'm like, okay, that's great. And that's above the, you know, the NCA standard, which is 2.3. Uh, but then all of a sudden, I start peeling away the report card, and I take away the basket weaving class and the automotive class and the PE classes and all of those course. And I get to the 16 core classes, which is your math, English, history, science, uh, foreign language, all those. And all of a sudden we're getting down to a two, four and a two, three and a two, two. And then we get a little more different conversation going on. So understanding there's two, two uh, GPAs. There's one is the, your core GPA, which is the 16 core classes. The NCA wants you to take, you have to take four every year get you to the 16. Then there's the cumulative, which is what you all kids have. And uh, so just to re really understand the, the distinction between those two. And that's an important conversation. Parents, you can go on and, you know, we, we, we talk about quite often here about the portal, but this is the, actually the academic portal. You can go on the NCA site, put high school portal, and you can put in your high school name, uh, where the city you're from, and you're going to get the full uh, list of all the NCA approved courses that the NCA does for your school. So make sure that your kid is on, you know, scheduled for the core classes, making sure they're taking the right math class, the right English course or whatever. So uh, contact us or look us up on Twitter and Instagram. We post those things all the time. So it's an important piece that people really understand. And, uh, but to your point to or your original thing, Will, it starts earlier than it ever has. And I really think that a lot of kids need to have a real good game plan, basically going out of their eighth grade, coming into their freshman year, really know where they're going to stand and what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. Because as you and I both have a good laugh with Dory, our math skills, not so good. So, you know, uh, you know, so we'd have to have a good game plan. You and I would be able to do the one plus one class. We'd be able to do it's that a plus B is equal to C class that you and I would be like, uh, what, what are they talking about? So, 
it's really just that kind of thing, having a really good game plan, understanding where your strengths and your weaknesses are, and making sure that you adhere to the, the core GPA for the NCAA standards. A lot more information, saadvocates.org, or as Scott was saying, they're on Twitter and Facebook and, and many different platforms. Um, Scott will help you navigate uh, through the eligibility process and financial aid and just having conversation with parents and students. Um, and there's a, so much great information that Scott always posts. So saadvocates.org, please check it out because it's constantly evolving, right? I mean, and, you know, every time I talk to you, there's always something new. There's always some tweak. There's always something else that kind of, you know, plays a part with it. And it's, um, there you go. I thought I lost Scott. Yeah, there. Scott, you there? Yep, I'm here. Great. Give me one second. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're having a little internet issue here, but, you know, that's, this is, yeah. Well, you know, welcome to the future. So anyway, oh. SA Advocates. Dot org, Twitter, Facebook, check it out. Listen, we talked about Notre Dame. We talked about Washington. Um, I thought that that was it. We were talking last week. I was like, ah, I think they, yeah, we got some so-so games. Uh, Scott, were there any other good games yesterday? Uh, there was a few there, Will. There was a oh. few. There was a, another good day. Another good day is the thing. You know, we were talking about it off air before the thing. You know, we're going to have a different face of the college playoff. Because I don't think this team called Clemson is going to be there this year. Uh, you know, faced their second loss yesterday in North Carolina State. You know, Bye. Uh, yeah, they're you know so they're done. They've got issues. Uh, we thought Washington had issues with their offense. They haven't. They're having real issues at Clemson. We're such a dynamic, high-powered offense. They got a you know million-dollar coordinator and uh, L, um, their OC. Um, so, you know, I mean, I just, uh, I don't know what the problem is down there. Ugale, I thought he was going to be just more dynamic, just more, even more, even more that. Can, can than you pick that. one thing? And obviously that's not fair, but you know, just for shits and giggles, if you could pick one thing that you see, what stands out to you without obviously, you know, looking out for looking in from an outsider. It's quarterback play. He hasn't played to the level I thought he would. I mean, I thought that he would, you know, just be right, you know, just as good as the, as the, the, the last quarterback, Lawrence. I uh, thought he'd be even more dynamic because he learned under Lawrence and then he would just take it to the next level. So I think that they're struggling there, um, you know, uh, you know, and, and let's be honest. I mean, like we, we talked about it before. I mean, you know, 13-10 in the third quarter and then 41 points later. Notre Dame is, you know, winning the game. So it's, it, it can go that fast, you know, when it comes to offenses and so you have to have something dynamic and match that stuff. And uh, they're just, they're struggling right now. I don't know why, because they recruit well, they get the guys they want. They, they're within their system. Coach, you know, uh, Sweeney has been able to keep all of his coordinators. Both guys make over a million bucks. You would think that it would just, the, the machine would just be rolling down the road road. And, uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what they, you know, how they make their changes and, you know, the ACC is probably, you know, having a topsy-turvy, you know, schedule as it is. Um, you know, who would ever thought that, uh, you know, uh, Florida State would be 0-4 right now. Uh, so, you know, they're struggling and things like that. And so will the Tar Heels be the, you know, pronounced champion out of that league? That'll be interesting to see. NC State obviously is doing some good things down there. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, um, it's uh, you know, obviously you would think Davos is going to get it fixed. They, we know one thing, they've got a slide in their, uh, uh, you know, office. So I don't know if they're, you know, coaches are sliding down the slide or the players are sliding down the slide too much, 
but uh, somebody's better figure figure out something real quick at Clemson because it's uh, not turning out to be the season I think they thought they were going to have. But I think it's offensively it's, it's it's the quarterback play right now for them. And it's tough because when when you're replacing a Trevor Lawrence uh, who replaced a Deshaun Watson, I mean that the quarterback play has been tremendous. Where you're pretty much that the pattern's been that you know you you you're on your way, you know, to the NFL. You know, you're going to yeah. win a lot. You're going to have a lot of success. They have had injuries, to be fair, but every team does. And it just is what it is. And you just think that a Clemson, Alabama, Georgia just has the depth chart to sustain those type of injuries. So, you know, when it comes to Clemson and those type of schools, I go, eh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the second, third, fourth stringer are all way better than a bunch of other guys that are first teamers. So I take it with a grain of salt. Fair, not fair. It is what it is. Uh, Ugalele has looked great at times, especially when he's allowed to be, or I don't know if allowed is the right word, when he's being dynamic, when he's using his legs, using that size, you know, and really competing. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the coaching staff just needs to let him say, Hey, just go out there and ball. We, we, this, you know, stop, stop. We're not, stop worrying about national titles. Go out there and, and, and play some ball. You know, like if you were in the street parking lot with your homeboys and, and having a great time and things like that, you know, and, you know, even us going out, play flag for whatever it is, right? Let's just go out there, have some fun. You're one of the best players on the field, if not the best player as far as talent, and go do your thing. And so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, especially with the ACC, with this conversation we'll have that's going on. Congratulations to NC State. Hey, you've been getting your teeth kicked in for a long time. It's nice to kick somebody else's teeth in, especially if it's the team that's been doing it to you for, for the last you know X amount of years. So congratulations to NC State. And talk about quarterback play, You know, just touch about, upon it a little bit. Um, is the criticism for, to, you know, for Spencer Rattler fair? You know, I you know, was thinking about that when you were talking about that, about Ugalele, you know, at Clemson. The, the, you know, when you go to these pro- top programs, you know, you, 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 you have to wear the moniker. I mean, that's who it is, what it is. And when you're at Oklahoma with, you know, Lincoln Riley and all the guys that they've had through their quarterback room, you, that's, you just have to wear the crown. And you have to, so the criticism is going to be there. You have to know it. You have to be uh, willing to accept it uh, as a quarterback. You know, when I coach DBs, I always tell them, you know, put a rubber band on their wrist because you're going to get beat. You're going to get beat over the top sometimes, right? And how do you snap back? How do you how do you come back? So that's the thing that I think all these quarterbacks, you know, in today's world, that like again, you know, it's a mate. You know, let's you know, without being going down that road, uh, diabolical road of social media. I mean, you are. Besides the natural criticism you can receive in a newspaper article or whatever, the radio pundits, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's in your face 24-7 right on your phone right after a game. And so um, yeah. you, have to, you have to wear the moniker. You have to know what, what you can do, what you have to be able to you know, push off of yourself and just say, hey, this coaching criticism I can take, the, the fans and all that craziness, just move that on. But yes, unfortunately, uh, when you take on that job of being a quarterback at Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, whatever, those are the you 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 wear that moniker. You're you're going to wear that moniker no matter if you're the quarterback at PLU, because you're the QB. You're the guy with the ball in your hands. That's the position. Actually happen. Yeah, but today's world is a whole different thing. You know, with the whole social media, how people can you know come after you and stuff like that. So you got to have tough skin, man. You got to have tough skin. And, uh, 
but uh, you know, it's you know, I think you know, and, and let's be honest, West Virginia is not exactly a slouch program. They're doing good things and getting things going too. So it's uh, you know, but he's definitely got some criticism. There's no doubt about that. He's got to he's got to accept it and then build on it. Get better from it. Yeah, yeah. Hats off to West Virginia. I thought they played great. Their defense is stout. Um, you know, Oklahoma. That you know, they're not getting helped out with their running game. Um, a, a element that we don't think about. You know, when we think of Baker Mayfield and Jalen Hurts, and you know, we 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 don't think about those type of uh, dynamic players. They had dynamic wide receivers. They had, they always had uh, very well um, coached and and you know, athletic running backs um, at these schools. Um, and, and maybe there's some entitlement at this point, you know, like, you know, these Oklahoma fans, you know, you're out there, you're booing the kid, you know, and then you're, you're, they're screaming and, and, and watching TV and you can hear them. And they, they even made a, a comment about it saying that they're calling for the other quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I love the dynamic. Listen, I, I love, I love the theater. You know, I love drama. I'm, I'm here for it, man. I'm here for yeah. it. I'll tune in next week to see just what's going on and see what happens because I, I just love, that's my reality TV, right? I, I tell my wife, right? I don't watch reality TV because I watch sports. And sports is my reality TV. And that's where I get all of my reality TV fix is watching sports. We're going to wrap it up. Last thing I want to talk about is um, apparently Arkansas owns Texas. I'm not sure when they bought the state of Texas, but they've been schooling, you know, all these other teams with a, uh, another great victory over number seven, Texas A&M, you know, to, to go to Arlington and beat them there in, in, you know, in that stadium. And then, you know, already had beaten Texas. What about the job that Arkansas and, um, and coach Sam Pittman is doing out there? It's unbelievable, you know, really um, uh, very impressed with what he's done. You know, people wanted everybody else's names, blah, blah, blah. Wanted, you know, the next Lincoln Riley, whoever to be at Arkansas. Yep. And they went out and found themselves a real man who's believes in Arkansas, who's going to stay there. He's not looking for another job. That's, that's his dream job. He wants to be there forever. Um, I saw the game day special on him yesterday. They do a jukebox thing and they say, play the damn jukebox. And uh, they're playing it loudly in Texas right now. And then you watch how much that's going to help with recruiting. And, uh, you know, he's an old school guy. He's a offensive line coach. Uh, so he knows where he knows where the game is won. It's one between the, you know, on the defense mm-hmm. and offensive line. So he's just going to build what they do well. And uh, they're d- being dynamic offensively. You know, and again, you know, as you and I, you know, we discuss on and off the air. Your choices of who you bring in too are really, really important. Uh, is your defense and offensive coordinator, and you know he's got a great one in Bryles, and you know is being an offensive, you know, play caller and doing things. And let's be honest, I mean Jimbo, you know, is, is a, supposed to be the guru of offenses at Texas A&M, and they held him to ten points. So good for them. Uh, great, uh, you know, and like you said, <laughs> Arkansas owns Texas right now. So oh yeah, they're, they're, be a little bit different when. They're they're two stepping out of the state right now, you know. They, I mean, it would have been awesome. If they all walk out with cowboy hats and stuff like that. Little six shooter saying, "Oh, baby, we we've taken over the town." There's a new sheriff in town in Texas. Listen, man, you know Pittman when he took over the program, he you know he had a, a bunch of uh, student athletes on that team that had gone through 19 SEC losses. I mean, that's that's. Incredible. I mean, you're talking about kids that, you know, that hadn't won an SEC game their entire time in the program 
going from freshman to senior. So, you know, I always like, and, and, and you're the same way, man. We, we like to see programs elevate themselves. I'm going to be rooting for them just like NC state. And, and last year, you know, I was rooting for the Raging Cajuns and the, the coastal Carolinas. I love everything else about it. And, um, and I want to, you know, we'll get into some other stuff because, you know, going forward, but right now I am absolutely uh, loving this college football season. I love the fact that it's not boring. And the last few seasons has been absolutely boring because of the way the playoff systems um, has kind of ruined college football, but that'll be a segue for another day. Yes, sir. Yes, Scott, sir. what I are agree. you looking forward to next year, next week? Well, uh, you know, uh, for me personally, it's the, uh, uh, as, as usual, the Penn State game, but that's kind of a payback from last year's, uh, you know, heartbreaking loss to uh, Indiana. Indiana comes in, uh, plays uh, 4.30 on next Saturday night here and the, the stripe out game at uh, the uh, Penn State Stadium and uh, Beaver Stadium. Uh, you know, and again, the, you know, obviously the, the Huskies see what they can, how they're going to rebound uh, from, you know, their game and what they can do against Oregon State, who played uh, USC tough. And uh, so it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, as usual, a lot of good storylines and, you know, the game that you've already talked about, Cincinnati and Notre Dame coming down the pike. So, and I, you know, uh, believe Arkansas goes to Georgia. So we're going to find out really what's, you know, what 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 Arkansas made of that, that defense Georgia. is no joke. Uh, uh, whew, that Georgia defense. Whew, I, I guess we'll be getting into that next week. Scott, appreciate your time. Scott Ligo, right, check so him out. S A He's here to help parents and students through the eligibility process, financial aid, just everything. Any information that that you need with your uh, with your student and your child, uh, you know, just check him out. And um, Scott. I appreciate you. It's good to talk some sports. You too, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Have fun at soccer. Zip it.